You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Good morning, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Brick here, and I am so grateful that you have chosen to tune in to this Friday Missions Podcast. This Friday is a little bit unique um, in that I'm not going to be highlighting a missions partner that we have, but I am going to highlight a ministry and want to celebrate how the Lord has worked in a specific way through Carterville Baptist Church. And that specific way is disaster relief ministry. Now, y'all know that um, Hurricane Laura has swept through um, the past several weeks and uh, has come through Louisiana and Arkansas um, and has really left a lot of damage. And there's actually many people in our church that have had relatives, friends, family um, in Louisiana in particular that suffered a lot of damage. Um, And through that, you know, in response to that, we've had church members that have really rallied the call and have done an excellent job at bringing help and hope to those people that need it. And so sitting with me in my office today is um, a wonderful church member that I'm grateful to have a partnership with, and that's Ken Stewart. So Ken, glad you're here. Well, thank you, Bricks. Good to be here. And uh, just proud to be able to share a little testimony about what's unfolded over the last week and a half and uh, uh, some of the examples of the generosity and love that Carterville has shared for uh, Southwest Louisiana, specifically DeRitter yeah. and our former home church there when we, we lived in the area of First Baptist Church in DeRitter. Definitely. Well, Ken, I, I just want to say I have really appreciated connecting with you and, um, you know, coordinating with you the efforts of bringing uh, relief, you know, supp- whether it's supplies or volunteer help, you know, all those things to DeRitter. Um, and and really grateful for your leadership and obedience to the Holy Spirit as you have stepped up and said, you know, yes, I, I am going to be you know, one of those people that take the long journeys on down there to bring supplies. So first and foremost, um, share with us your connection with the Ritter, because um, I know that, that you do have a connection with the Ritter. Um, and so share with us that, and then also just how, you know, as the events unfolded, how you um, began to, to feel that call to say, I need to go down and help. Yeah, well, uh, you, you may not be aware, but I think maybe some people the charge are. We moved here about 10 years ago from DeRitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were in DeRitter, uh, you know, First Baptist was our home church. And I now refer to it as our former home church because Carterville is now our home church. And mm-hmm. those people were like family to us when we were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeRitter is special to us for a couple of reasons. First of all, my daughter was baptized in, in DeRitter at the old First Baptist Church. Wow. Two... Um, you know, we were there when the church embarked on what they call the, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember how they coined it. It was the, uh, the, the it was built on faith was the way, the message mm. when they had the inaugural service. But they, they built a brand new church because the old church was in such bad shape. And mm. my wife and I played a really big part in that stewardship committee. Mm. And she served on an architectural committee with that. So a lot of ownership in, in mm-hmm. that new facility and just having lived in the community for for about eight years, you know, it was a great place to live, great people. So as the storm approached, we had reached out to a lot of our former church family mm-hmm. and friends that still live there to say, hey, you know, as this thing's coming, if you need a place to evacuate, you're welcome to come here. 
uh, none wanted to make that five hour drive, but yeah. we also, you know, said we'll be in contact with you immediately following the storm because I'm sure there'll be needs. Um, so on Thursday, we didn't hear from a lot of people, but you know, I didn't sleep well Wednesday night, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And Friday about noon, Angie got a, a call or a text. Calls weren't going out. It was actually a text message. That was kind of the, the only means of communications that was working in the area from one of her friends that said, hey, it's bad and we need help. Mm. And she, she described, uh, you know, some specific scenarios and examples and a list of things that they could use. And Angie shared that with me. So Friday afternoon, you know, my mind's just racing about what can I do? How mm. can I help? Um, on my way home, about 545, another one of the church members and friends of ours there uh, sent me a text and said, hey, Ken, this is you were here during Rita, Rita, Hurricane Rita, and this is just so much worse than Hurricane Rita. Hmm. If you could, please put a, a plea out on Facebook mm-hmm. and your local churches. We need help. And man, that just that just weighed on my heart. Yeah. And at that point, you know, when I got home, I was talking with Angie, and it's like the Lord just laid it on my heart, Ken, you got to do something. Mm. So I reached out to Ben and said, hey, you know, here, and I, I shared the, the message that was sent to me at 545 with Ben. And then I reached out to Pat, Causey, my Sunday school teacher, and said, hey, I, you know, th- we, we've got some pleas for help, and, and I feel that I'm being led to, to do something here. Mm. So both of them just, you know, absolutely embraced that idea and that thought. And uh, from about six or seven o'clock on Friday night until noon on Saturday, we rallied our first load of materials and generators mm-hmm. and made the first trip over mm-hmm. and uh, delivered some supplies and things to some targeted, very specific individuals. And, uh, you know, at that point, we also took, in every one of these instances, I do want to say, we took the opportunity to witness and have prayer with those families mm-hmm. to make sure that they just didn't realize this was some stranger coming in. Yeah. But this was this was something that that God, you know, laid on my heart and orchestrated. Yeah. And and as things unfolded through the week, the the examples of God's hand at work are just incredible. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to sharing some of those with you. Yeah. As we go. Yeah. So, so. Um, I, I understand just in my conversation with you that there's countless of countless ways that the Lord has worked. Can you just share, you know, one or two stories of, of one of the, some of those bigger ways that he moved, so that we can, you know, honor our time of our listeners and still be able to celebrate how he really just did amazing things. Yeah, you know, on the very first trip over, I had two generators on the truck, and uh, we'd posted things on Facebook and email messages been sent out through the church. Ken affords me an email or a, a phone number to a lady that her dad's disabled, her mother's in poor health, she's got a nine-month-old child. They're in a outside of the city limits and mm-hmm. in a very, you know, uh, low income area of town, mm-hmm. basically, and really struggling, asking for a generator. Mm-hmm. And I'm already on the road on my way to DeRitter with two generators and both of those targeted for individuals who had requested them. And I had to say no. Mm-hmm. But as I approached DeRitter, I got a phone call from another one of our dear friends, Amanda Smith, who said, hey, Ken, that generator that you were bringing for my dad, mm-hmm. uh, a neighbor stopped by and was able to get his running. We don't need it. Hmm. And I was able to call that lady back and say, hey, ma'am, I have you a generator and I'll have it to you first thing in the morning. Wow. And, you know, in that situation right there, 
Walter, uh, Amanda's husband, myself, mm-hmm. and a young man, David Duffield, who rode with me on both trips that I've made over there. Mm-hmm. We went out to that house, delivered that generator, met with that family, had prayer with that family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it just started a, a communication that over 10 days, the second trip, we delivered supplies to try to help them from the generous donations mm-hmm. we received from this church. And, 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 and just to be able to see, you know, to be able to go from, I don't have anything to help you and I'm already on the highway to, mm-hmm. you know, God sends a stranger to this man's <laughs> house that fixes his generator. Yeah. And we were able to free this one up to go meet that very specific need. That's one of the small ones. Mm. One of the larger examples that just uh, kind of stumped me uh, was Monday morning after I'd been back in town. We came back on Sunday and on Monday morning, good friend and uh, disaster relief coordinator for First Baptist Church, Dennis Millsap called and you know, I was talking with Dennis. Well, Dennis, you know, what what do you need? How can we help? Give me a list. And he said, well, right now we've got Missouri uh, Baptist Disaster Relief on site, mm-hmm. set up ready to start preparing meals, and we can't get diesel. And he said, do you think you can help me get diesel? It's so, a big ticket. That's Yeah, and we're, fi- <laughs> and we're five hours away. So I swallowed hard and uh, said yes. And uh, being a mere man, when I hung the phone up, the first thing I did is I called Angie and said, you're not going to believe this. But Dennis <laughs> called me, and he's wanting diesel. And I don't know how in the world I'm going to get diesel. And he needs bulk quantities of diesel for these big diesel generators to supply these 18-wheeler trailers with commercial kitchens and stuff. So Angie, she listens, and she says, well, I'll, I'll do some calling. And I said, well, I'm going to call around and send a few emails. Yeah. So that's probably about eight or nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, within an hour, Angie calls me back and says, hey, I got a friend of ours. Uh, her mother goes to church here at Carterville, by the way, the Sutherland family out here on Carterville Road. Mm-hmm. They've got a 100-gallon diesel tank that we can use. And I was like, well, that's a start. So I called Dennis, and he's like, great, send it on. That'll get us going. You know, these things burn a gallon to a gallon and a half of diesel an hour. That'll get yeah. us a, a day or so, two mm-hmm. days, or maybe a couple of days. About two hours later... Uh, in a in a two hour window, I get a call and somebody had a 500 gallon tank uh, that they would let us use rent free, but we had to buy the the fuel from them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll take you up on that. Uh, and before I could really get going on that particular instance, I get a third phone call, and it's one of the gentlemen that that I know from doing business and working with. And he calls and said, hey, I found you a 1500 gallon tank. <laughs> And I was like, oh, great. Where is it at? And he says, it's in North Louisiana. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, let me figure out how I can get that to DeRitter. And he said, don't worry about it. It's going to be delivered. And I was like, kind of speechless. Wow. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, uh, now I gotta, I've got to find some diesel for that tank. Yeah. Uh, do, do, does the person supplying the tank have diesel? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you my credit card to pay for that diesel and I'm just going to go on faith and I'll make an appeal back to the church and community to help me pay for this, you know? Uh-huh. And he says, don't worry about it. It's paid for. Wow. So I went from me as a man saying, this can't taking, be done. taking a yes, <laughs> you know, saying yes to something that I felt like was almost improbable yeah. to God just opening a door and making and something, that not, something that I could not even conceive in my yeah. mind that morning. Yeah. And, uh, I was sharing that story with somebody and I said, you know, it was like there was a mountain and I couldn't see past it. Mm-hmm. And God just took his hand and just swept the mountain out of the way. That's right. That's right. And uh, I mean, I, I went home that evening and I was just like overwhelmed with what had happened that day. Absolutely. And, uh, 
Absolutely. That's, you know, that's amazing. And I, and I know that we're just scratching on the surface, right. Mm -hmm. Of, of the stories that can be told about, you know, what it, what it means to, to be obedient, to bring hope and healing and, and how the Holy Spirit moves. So Ken, I just want to, you know, say thank you for coming in and just sharing that testimony. And what it does for me is it stirs in my heart a reminder to have my eyes open, you know, whether, whether it's a hurricane or whether it's a personal loss in someone's family, to have my eyes open, to be caring, and to, like I said, I'm repeating myself, to bring help and hope to people that are hurting, right? And that's not because, it's not because we're in any, you know, savior spot. It's right. really because we're, we're people in need of a savior that have, has come into our lives and has absolutely changed it and made it new. And so as at living that out, right, living that new life out, gives us the ability to, to have those eyes that are open to bring help and hope to those that need it. So I'm grateful for, for your testimony, for, for you being obedient to do that. Um, thanks for being on the podcast. Great. I'd like to say thank you to our church family. Mm, yep. We delivered 1,600 gallons of diesel. Those gallons of diesel on Saturday when I was over there fed 7,000 people. Wow. Over 350 gallons of gas, three mm -hmm. pallets of ice, bleach, food, Other generators, items. you know. Yeah. And you were involved with one of them on the day that I was going back on my second <laughs> right. trip that uh, Dennis right. calls and said, hey, can you find a generator? And just as I'm hanging up the phone with Dennis, you called and said, somebody need a generator. That's and we right. had an anonymous donor buy a generator. And I get a call that says, pick it up at Lowe's. Yep. That's right. I mean, that's right. So, so a heartfelt thank you to our family at Carterville. Uh, your generosity and love to a, a complete community of strangers you don't know, but are all family of God. Uh, those folks over there, I think, have a, a, a love for you now that you'll never mm. under, uh, appreciate because they they just uh, were so blessed with the generosity and love from this church. It's, it's It was uh, beyond my wildest expectations of mm. some of the things that happened. Mm. That's right. That's right. And Ken, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and, you know, listeners, I'm, I'm grateful for your, for your generosity, um, in the disaster relief effort. And I hope that, you know, again, when, when the next disaster strikes, you'll have your eyes open, um, to how the Holy Spirit would lead you to be obedient and following him, um, in response to it. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you.